I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whenever I was at a show, whenever I had a, a sort of a camera in my hand, whenever I was looking through the viewfinder, for that, whether it be 15 minutes or whether it be an hour of the show, nothing else but what was happening through that viewfinder mattered. Nothing else was going through my head except what I could do with that camera and what I needed to do to get pictures. One of the many reasons I love photography is that not only can it take the viewer into another world, it can also be a huge release and very therapeutic for the photographer, especially when there are so many issues going on around you. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. Oh my god! Derek Bremner loves to get lost in his images and he clearly loves what he does, even if he doesn't like camping that much. He's a festival and music photographer still in the early stages of his journey, a journey that has helped him to overcome some issues that were holding him back. Welcome to Phototypes, Del. Where are you right now? I'm currently sat on my sofa in my front room in my flat in South London, surrounded by hard drives and card readers and wires of varying sorts and all those fun things. Is that on a proper desk? Uh, no, just on my sofa. Yeah. I, ha- I own a desk, but it's always been just easier just to, to sit and work on a sofa. Yeah, do you prefer to work more relaxed like that? Does that help you creatively? Yeah, I guess I I kind of, because of my work, uh, mostly being music, I tend to work at very weird times and quite often, you know, early hours of the morning and stuff like that. So it suits me more to be comfortable and relaxed. Yeah, no one wants to sit at a desk at three o'clock in the morning, do they? (laughs) No. For those people who are not aware of you, don't know your work, just describe to us what sort of photographer you are. I'm mostly a music photographer. Um, I've been doing it sort of seriously for maybe the last four years or so. I do a lot of festival work um, and the odd sort of commercial bit and some stuff for some charities and some things like that. My last job was, uh, well, my last job for fun was I went and shot a band called Brand New the other night, but my last sort of proper commercial job was a uh, part of the official um, photography team for a festival called Festival Number no. 6 in Wales. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it a, pretty fun. It's a, it's a good one, that. It's getting more and more, uh, well, I mean, it's pretty popular now, but yeah, people yeah, seem to enjoy that one, really. It's so yeah. beautiful and scenic, and uh, it's in such a sort of ridiculously sort of model village type town. But yeah, it just works. Yeah, it's uh, Port Marion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I hear them talk a lot about it on uh, Six Music and they all rave about it there. Yeah. 
So what sort of artists were you photographing there? Um, for that sort of thing, so I, I got to I got to photograph Grace Jones, um, Ghost Poet, um, trying to think what else, uh, Metronomy, Everything Everything. Um, but for something like that, what we're what we're there to do is is more than the artist is to capture the atmosphere and all of the people and all of the sort of the settings and all of the sort of small pop up things that are going on and kind of sell the festival that way. So then, as well as your music photography and concentrating on the bands, is that kind of thing that you like to do, get the atmosphere and get the sort of setting? Yeah, it's definitely a sort of, it's a different skill set, and uh, it just, photographing too much of the same thing, like being intense or, you know, photographing stages and acts, it all becomes quite um, samey after a while, especially, like, it's very hard when you see photographs of um, artists on stage. It's very hard to tell what festival they're at. So being able to kind of go out and get the atmosphere and get the setting and sort of tell a whole story um, is definitely far more interesting. Cool. I'm not going to ask you who is your very favourite artist to photograph, but just tell us some of the the favourite ones that you photograph. So a few of your favourites. A few of my favourites. Uh, I've done a lot of work with a band called Gallows, who I, probably is my favourite person to photograph or favourite band to photograph. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I've had some very random ones. Like I've, I've, I did some work for Apple uh, a year or two ago where I got to photograph Elton John. Um, I photographed Tony Bennett, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Done Taylor Swift. Um, I've done some like events for Capital Radio, where it's sort of their big summer events. Who always have like quite a lot of the big pop stars. So yeah, it's really that sort of thing. Excellent. Uh, Tony Bennett is one person I would really love to photograph myself. He had one of the most amazing sound checks I've ever seen in my life. Um, he literally sort of like so his band were playing, and he got, sort of literally walked on stage, picked up the microphone said about five seconds of sort of la la la's and then went yep that's good put the mic down and walked straight back off stage <laughs> i've seen him live a couple of times and um i don't know if he did it in the gig that you were at but he he does a, a section where he sings without the microphone just because yes. the acoustics are so good in the places that he, he works and it's just phenomenal yeah. i think he did something like uh, fly me to the moon or something like that like that An awesome performer anyway let's take you back in time a little bit and from your sort of schooling days and when you finished school, what did you want to be then? Uh, I originally wanted to be a, a graphic designer. Um, and I basically from like 16 to, I guess, the end of my first year of university, that's what I wanted to do. And that's really all I ever wanted to do. Um, and then I, I kind of very quickly during my first year of university realised that it really wasn't for me, and, and especially university wasn't for me. Um, so I, at, at 16, I was kind of given the opportunity to do a very small part of a sitting guilds photography course where we were kind of uh, photographing, you know, with film, developing all our own stuff. And when I dropped out of university, that stuck in my head. And I'd kind of been going to going to concerts and stuff and taking really, really terrible point-and-shoot cameras with me. Uh, this is like 12, 13 years ago. So they were really, really terrible. Yeah. Uh, and doing that 
made me think oh, I'd like to do I'd like to learn more about this and I'd like to to get better at it so I went back and redid the sort of sitting guilds um fully and it's kind of gone from there really okay so when did you um get your first decent camera my first decent camera uh it's it's kind of been a gradual sort of step up I would say I bought a 40D probably about eight or nine, eight years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, but my, I guess my, my big kind of, I'd say, break kind of came fairly soon after that. Um, I met, I was at a festival working with a friend's band and a photographer that I really looked up to uh, was there working a guy called Andrew Kendall used to be one of the big sort of enemy photographers and um, I just very randomly went over and sort of like fanboyed over him and gave him uh, one of my business cards for some reason and he kind of got in contact uh, at some point later offering me he runs a, a website service for photographers and kind of offered me help setting up a new website but then from there he started putting together teams of photographers to do festivals and kind of picked me out to kind of join one of his teams. And it's kind of everything that's happened to me since has all spiralled out of that sort of one instance. Yeah, so a lesson in uh, just going over and introducing yourself to people. Yeah, completely. Uh, you know, like through through him, I've met so many other photographers um, who have all been like really influential in kind of giving, helping me get more work and kind of improving myself and stuff like that. So your first few um, attempts with your 40D, what were they like? Uh, I don't think they were that bad. I think because I think 40D was the first proper, like, serious sort of SLR. But I'd had sort of a smaller Nikon one, um, like a digital SLR before that. And I think I'd been doing it, like, things for me haven't moved particularly quickly. So I've been doing it for quite a while. So I think I was gradually improving over the years, by the time I got to the 40D, I, you know, I obviously wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, and I think I've still got some pictures. Like there's a there's a gallow shot that I took on my 40D, which is still probably one of the best photos I've ever taken. You know, sometimes it, it's not the camera that uh, takes a great picture, is it? It's the the person behind it, and the composition, and the and the people in it. Definitely, but obviously, like it gets to. Um, when I was doing a lot of the festival stuff, it becomes it. Although that is true, when you're doing sort of commercial work, when you're doing sort of things for, like you know, we were working for Live Nation, there definitely is a lack of quality between those cameras. So when I sort of was having, uh, you know, when all of my images were poorer quality in terms of sort of noise and grain and all that kind of thing compared to everyone else, it was definitely time to step up. So what did you step up to? What are you shooting with now? Uh, I've went from that to a to a 5D Mark II, and then I've gradually gone from a 5D Mark II to two 5D Mark III's. Would you say you have your own distinctive style? Is that something you developed over time? Or did you set off with a particular style in mind that you wanted to achieve? I don't really think that I've ever had a particular style, but I definitely have sort of ways that I like working. I definitely, I, I try and shoot a lot of black and white and I try and shoot quite a lot of like heavy black in my black and white. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's really been it. But I, I have this thing in my head where 
whenever I shoot a particular way or shoot a particular style, I always then try and go and do the opposite of that just to try and I always try and keep my work balanced. Um, and especially even things that like if I shoot a lot of stuff with flash, I try and then shoot a lot of stuff without flash or if I shoot a lot of sort of landscape orientated, go and do some portrait orientated stuff and all of that kind of thing. I try and keep everything as mixed up as possible. Do you think working uh, predominantly in music allows you to be creative and be experimental like that as opposed to other genres of photography? I think it does, but I think it. I think the only way to really do it, because I think when you when you're working, sort of say, like a lot of my music stuff is either editorial or for things like the festivals, and there isn't really, especially editorially, there's not a massive amount of room to be uh, creative. A lot of the kind of magazines have a very specific idea in their head of what they want and what's printable. And especially they sort of have established styles. So you kind of have to fit into that. So what I try and do is go out and do as much um, personal work as possible and go and shoot bands, you know, for like for my own pleasure that allow me to kind of do what I want and how I want to do it. Um, and especially so, and then going and working with bands that will give you the freedom to do that. And are those projects things that you do um, free of charge just to develop yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, most of them, so I'd say, yeah, most of them are sort of like for free, but I'm not kind of giving the photos to people. They're kind of just for me and my website and portfolio building and stuff like that. And there have been times where I have worked for bands for free, but it's normally with the idea in mind that I'm going to attempt to get paid work out of them down the line or at least you know an opportunity to kind of get better access or do more with them or tour with them or that kind of thing it's interesting though because a lot of people might say never do stuff for free a piece of advice i was given was um if you do something for free once it's a favor if you do it twice it becomes like a standard i'm not against working for free you know, it's, as long as what I get out of it is worth it, I think I'm, I'm okay with that. And as long as I'm not relying on it to pay my bills, as long as I'm paying my bills in other ways. You touched on it a little bit, but who or what inspires your work? There's a bunch of um, different artists that definitely inspire my work. There's a, there's a couple of photographers. There's a guy called um, America, uh, sorry, Serbian guy, I think he is, called Boogie, uh, who's done, he did a lot of things like photographing uh gangs in Serbia and then he moved to New York and photographing gangs in New York and sort of uh, like drug users and a lot of really sort of urban um, street documentary stuff who he's an, an incredible photographer uh, and, a, and an artist called JR who started off as a, a graffiti sort of artist and has now sort of moved on to being like he takes picture portraits of people and then fly posts them in you know 20 30 foot up on buildings and stuff like that and in really unusual settings and it tends to be sort of he'll go and find people with interesting stories in um sort of poor areas of like south america and you know make them famous within their own town but really like i think on on a sort of on uh, more of an influence on my work is i find people that are driven very inspiring so whether that's artists, musicians, athletes, anything like that, people who kind of 
people who really push themselves and people who really kind of dedicate everything to their work I definitely find inspiring so do you surround yourself then with people like that I think I can't remember the exact phrase but it's something like you're the the mirror of the five closest people around you I try to I try to I think the the photographers that I that I work with and surround myself I think all kind of have that that sort of mindset but those tend to be so the so the sort of the people that I would sort of um, find myself navigating to in terms of my personal work would be those kind of people would be the kind of the bands that just kind of give everything or you know artists who who, who dedicate their, themselves to their work and your sort of social hangout group are they all photographers or do you mix with with others uh, I definitely mix with others I mean it's hard it's hard not to have when you when you're kind of doing predominantly music stuff it's hard for your social circle not to be uh predominantly music based so it's kind of you know it's a mix of uh different prs who have been incredibly helpful uh writers for magazines other photographers management people in bands stuff like that but i also try and have a set of friends and a social circle outside of that because it can be uh, you know, hanging out with other photographers can can be great, but it can also be um, there's a lot of politics and a lot of drama that kind of comes with that. What about social media? How much does that play into sort of inspiring and influencing your work? It's a bit of a weird one because um, like Instagram has become my blogging platform. I would say I I stopped having a sort of a written blog quite a while ago, and I find that Instagram is just it's exactly what I want for just being able to put up single photos from whatever I'm doing, whenever I've done it, and just kind of putting it out there rather than having to worry about galleries and websites and all that kind of thing. It's very difficult not to, especially in stuff in like, say, for instance, within the music industry, it's very difficult not to be, it's a competitive industry, and it's hard not to look at what other people are doing on social media and then to frustrate yourself with being like why are they getting that why are they doing this or why am I not getting that opportunity or why does my work look not look like that kind of thing so I try and you know everyone's on their own path and and I try and sort of focus more on on what I can do and what I'm not doing yeah it, it is difficult when you kind of flooded with all those images from from other photographers and and you know people who aren't even photographers using their iphone and taking great photographs and it's hard not to kind of wind yourself up a little bit yeah and i think there's there's definitely a lot of um bad habits of uh photographers on social media that kind of it's hard not to it's hard not to get wound up about that as well but but again i think it's you know like you were kind of saying earlier it's definitely more about who you surround yourself with so I'm I'm trying to be more uh, picky about uh, who I follow and who I sort of associate myself with on social media. What about your downtime, Dell? Are you the sort of person who can put their camera down and, and have a break from it, or do you always feel the need to have something with you just in case something happens? I do try and always have a camera on me, but I, I, I do enjoy some downtime I do think about photography from pretty much the the minute I wake up in the morning to the minute I go to bed but that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to sort of have a camera or be taking pictures with me at all time but you know I'm, I'm a, a, a big fan like basically sort of 
other than photography, I spent essentially like uh, about 14 years working in the comics industry. Um, it's on the retail side of things. So things like art, comics, movies, TV, all of that, music in general, um, have all been sort of massive passions of mine. So kind of indulging myself in that sort of thing um, outside of photography has been, has been brilliant to kind of keep everything fresh. Yeah. So when did you um, decide that photography could be a, a full-time job for you and this was the only thing that was going to make you money? Uh, I've been doing it sort of, I'd say, full-time for about 18 months now. Um, but I've been sort of, again, sort of mentioned earlier, but I've been doing it sort of more seriously for about four years, but it's really only last sort of, I'd say about two years ago, it was just getting almost impossible to balance having a full-time job and being out three or four nights a week doing six or seven festivals over the summer and have a normal life as well. Like it was just, it was, it was exhausting and killing me and I kind of at that point had to had to make a choice yeah and was that a difficult choice to make or was it quite a straightforward thing it was completely a difficult choice to make because it's uh you know I've, I've had I've been working in a day job for as long as I can remember and having a monthly paycheck you know once a month at the end of every month was a was sort of was all I knew. So kind of going from that to suddenly being like, I don't know when my next paycheck's coming or like I could have a, a brilliant month one month and then a terrible month the next. And, and all of that was just incredibly daunting. Do you still get those feelings now sometimes? I think it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I think I definitely get that, that sensation, but it's allowing me to enjoy the times that are good. It's allowing me to enjoy them more. It's definitely, I don't think it'll ever be, I don't think those those fears will ever go away, but it's sort of having faith in yourself that that things will work out all right. Do you find that they're a sort of bizarrely motivating factor though those fears? They are, but um, but I guess the hard part is is that a lot of the time you are you are relying on somebody else. So as much as you can be driven to kind of uh, put yourself out there and get in touch with people and chase people you are relying on somebody else saying, yes, we want to pay you, or yes, we want to offer you this job. But I think it's it's about building up enough of a, a, a wide enough client base that something is always going to come along. Yeah, and, and how do you find your jobs now? Do people approach you, or are you still actively pushing and promoting yourself to other people? I think for the most part these days, it's uh, it's mostly people approaching me, which... Uh, that sounds weird that sounds slightly more arrogant than than it should do but I think a lot of my work comes from uh, I would say other photographers or you know it's that thing of doing one job for one client but then they're connected to somebody else who kind of sees what you're doing and then offers you something else or they put you in touch with somebody else and and it kind of all spirals from there but you know even down to things like I've been doing some assisting work for uh, a photographer that I that I know and work with, so things like that have been helping. Okay, what excites you about the job? Uh, what excites me is um, I like well one of the things that I've always loved about it is uh, uh, I've always loved it. It's, it's been a, a huge form of escapism for me. 
I've suffered from sort of mental health issues for, for, for quite a while now. And whenever I did photography, like especially shooting music, whenever I was at a show, whenever I had a, a sort of a camera in my hand, whenever I was looking through the viewfinder, for that, whether it be 15 minutes or whether it be an hour of the show, nothing else but what was happening through that viewfinder mattered. Nothing else was going through my head except what I could do with that camera and what I needed to do to get pictures. So that's always excited me. But really, it's, you know, it's kind of a new opportunity, like these days, new opportunities, finding things that are outside of my comfort zone and outside of what I would normally do and what I would normally work on um, definitely sort of excites me. And getting better excites me. Yeah. Those mental health issues that you've had, the, the camera has helped release you from those? Oh, definitely. Like, um, I've suffered really badly with, uh, with social anxiety and things like that. So um, before I was doing, so before I was doing photography more seriously, like I went for a period where if I was offered like an opportunity that was outside my comfort zone or sort of scared me slightly, I would always say no, because it, the, the sort of the fear of doing it would always be too, too massive. I kind of the more I've done photography, the more it's built up my confidence to be able to kind of just say yes to pretty much anything that comes my way. And also, you know, again, things like um, doing a lot of the festival work is you have to be able to to approach people. You have to be able to go up and and ask people for portraits or, you know, you know be put in situations that are that have been massively difficult for me. But it's, you know, it's been it's been amazing for that. And also giving me a sense of sort of self-worth that um, wasn't necessarily there before. Yeah, and looking back at those pictures, when you have kind of gone over to those people and, and asked for those portraits and, and you've got a, an amazing portrait back when you're going through the edit, that must give you a massive sense of, of worth as well and a massive sense of achievement. Oh, completely. Uh, it can be a fine line, though, because um, if you do go up to, like, because obviously... Not everyone, like not everyone is going to say yes to having their picture taken, and sometimes the nose can be sort of heavily denting to sort of your confidence or state of mind. But it's just uh, the thing that I've learned is just just to keep going. Um, that even when things are like even when everything in my body is telling me to kind of that I can't do it, it's just to keep going and keep pushing, and eventually sort of you ride it out and. And it's definitely worth it in the end. Yeah, it sounds like the, those issues might have been pretty debilitating in a way before you had the camera. Uh, they have been. Um, they still sort of rear their head every now and again, but um, they're definitely far better than they used to be. See the camera as sort of, uh, I don't know, bringing it into a comic analogy, your sort of uh, force field to help you do that? Yeah, well, I think it's... Um, for, like for instance, like the, it gives you it gives you a purpose and it gives you a, a reason to be doing stuff. And I think again, like the thing that um, uh, one of the things, especially in those sorts of situations, is like if you're not working for a client or if you're not working for a festival, going up to a random stranger and being like, "I want to take your picture," and they and they may go, "Why?" You kind of like just being kind of like, "Oh well, I want to take your picture." sometimes that can like if that was me and somebody just came up to me and was like I want to take your picture 
for no reason whatsoever other than I think you look interesting, I might say no. Whereas if they're like, I'm working for this person, I'm doing this, I have this reason to be doing it, I'm probably more inclined to say yes. So kind of having a camera and having a reason to be doing things um, definitely is kind of, uh, yeah, kind of a force field or a shield to kind of help get over those things. So maybe this ties in with our next question then as to what scares you just that can be about life or the work that you do or, or anything in general, really? I think what scares me these days is really like I know where I know where I am in my career and I know where I would like to be in my career. And the sort of the gap between the two is uh, is a fear and is, is a fear for me not bridging that gap and not getting to to where I want to be in my life and in my career and really like I don't I want to get better and I want to be a better photographer and the fear of not achieving that is 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 massive for me but you know I, I'm making steps forward yeah how how are you making those steps to overcome that fear I always try and just look back at what I've I've shot and look back at what I've done and just try and work out what in those situations could I have done differently? What could I have improved on? And also uh, working with other photographers and being around other photographers and seeing them improve and kind of that all feeds back into what you're doing. And, um, and again, just putting myself in, in situations that I wouldn't normally find myself in and just just trying to think about everything that I do in a different way to how I would normally do it and just try and improve myself that way. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners will completely relate to wanting to be better but not knowing quite how to do it but absolutely wanting to get there. And I think it's about taking the small steps. And yeah, if you look at this, if it is a big gap to where you want to be, that, that looks hugely daunting. But if you do it step by step and like you say, um, look back at what you've done and what you want to achieve then and work with other people and take inspiration from them and and make those small steps then you can quickly get across that gap yeah definitely okay what's your favorite swear word del uh, i'm a massive fan of the word bollocks it's a good uh, one. i can i can normally uh be heard at probably at some point over a festival um saying that something is fucking bollocks or proper bollocks or something like that. Um, and I don't think you can beat, uh, you know, a use of the, the, a classic use of the word fuck every now and again. But yeah, I, I'm also, I've never been able to, uh, to work it into, into sentences or stuff like that, but I'm a massive fan of um, alternative swear words. So like not swear words that aren't swear words, so things like shut the front door and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've never been able to use them. Well, I, I think I'm going to set that to use your homework to uh, <laughs> to get them into some sentences. All right. If you could be anything else for a day, what else would you be? I would love to be an artist of some variety, like a like either an illustrator or a painter or stuff like that. It's always been something I've been interested in, but have never been good at it myself. And and I've it, it doesn't make watching people paint and people draw well. It just doesn't make sense in my head how that works, or how their you know how their hands do those things, but my hands can't do those things. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Um, so I'd love to do that. I would love to be able to be. I'd love to be a musician to to sort of to see the other side of it or experience the other side of it. 
Um, but then also I'd love to be some form of like, you know, I'd have loved to have been a, a footballer or an athlete of some variety. Right. Who living or dead would you love to photograph? Uh, there's probably only a couple of standout sort of living people that I would like to do, and they're quite they're quite different. Uh, bon Jovi is probably the last remaining bucket list band that I have. They're probably the first band that I ever started listening to music-wise, and for whatever reason, they've always kind of eluded me when it comes to work. Uh, so them and uh, what I you know one of the things I would love to do in my work is I'd love to do more documentary type work and um for, sort of finding people and following them so things like there's a um mixed martial arts uh fighter called ronda rousey who is incredible and she's an amazing athlete and i would love to do a full sort of documentary piece on her training camps before fights i think it would be uh, i think you could get some amazing stuff from that um in terms of uh, dead uh I'd love to. I'd love to have been around when Jeff Buckley was alive, um, and photograph some of his sort of small cafe shows that he used to do. Um, and then, kind of outside of that, I would have loved to have been around during specific music scenes. So I'd have loved to have been around sort of grunge in the early days of Nirvana in Seattle, and sort of uh, punk in the seventies in London, and especially punk in New York in the seventies. I never got to visit. Uh, CBGBs in New York while it was alive and sort of while it was putting on shows so I would have I would have loved to have photographed in that venue Do you think the um, the music scene currently people will look back on it and see it as a as a golden era like um, punk and grunge and that and, and look at the photos from from this era now and and see them as iconic do you think there are iconic bands out there? I think there definitely are iconic bands but i think there's no i don't think music scenes are as um i don't think people are doing anything as new really like uh, music these days i think has been a sort of a steady evolution rather than huge shifts in kind of people's perceptions and stuff like that uh, as sort of with you know i guess like you know hip-hop and punk and grunge and and um all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's hard to say whether people will look back, whether the, you know, folks from this time will be iconic. I definitely think that there will be, there will be some, but I don't think overall. I think because I think things like the internet and social media, um, I think are kind of, I think maybe stopping um, music scenes exploding as much as they used to. Yeah, and I think they've. They've flooded the market with images, hasn't haven't they? And there are images yeah, everywhere I think, now. I think with everything, I think there are, you know, thousands upon thousands more bands than there are than there were then. There are thousands, thousands of bands getting more attention, whether it be, you know, songs on the radio. There are more, you know, uh, songs on the radio. Song. There's there are so much more uh, avenues for getting music out there and and uh, and being exposed to things that. I think it's harder for things to stand out as different. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, like you say, it's more of an evolution now from different genres that we've had in the past that people are taking and, and sort of melding together into into different things now. Yeah. All right. What would your advice be to another photographer? Uh, my advice is kind of 
I sort of briefly touched upon it, but I think uh, thinking about what you're doing, and especially when you're shooting, is taking, you know, whether it's a split second or something, just to look at what you're shooting and then think about what could be better. What are you not doing? Um, think about what you've done and making sure that you're not just repeating the same things over and over again. That, I would say, and especially after you've shot as well, is looking back and, and again, thinking about all the things that you could have done differently and making sure you sort of apply that next time you're, you're doing it. Um, and also, I think working with other photographers, I think, is possibly the biggest thing that I've ever done to um, benefit my work. So I would say as much as possible, try and work with other photographers and try and there are so many small tiny little things that I've picked up that I would never have picked up if I um hadn't worked with other people just kind of just small things of like like oh you know you're uh, you're only using one Lightroom catalog for all of your work for the entire history you use smaller Lightroom catalogs and then it makes it quicker to work through just tiny tiny details like that just gradually speed up your workflow and gradually make you look at things differently yeah and i think people feel that other photographers are unapproachable particularly if they bear of some renown but i think if you just email people and are nice to them and, and ask they're very open yeah i mean i think for the most part i think there's obviously you know if you have a special secretive editing style you know I, i'm not saying you should give that over but I don't. I really don't think there's there's much harm in kind of giving people pointers or advice. Um, and I think if you're if you're worried about losing work or whatever through giving help, you know, to other photographers, then you need to be a better photographer. Speaking of other photographers, who else would you like to hear from on Phototypes on a podcast like this? Andrew Witten, definitely. He's been pretty much my my mentor for about the last sort of four years um, and it's him who I've been doing some assisting work with uh, Tom Martin is another guy that I've done some work with who um, is brilliant and I love him to pieces uh, there's a young photographer who has been working at a really sort of high editorial and commercial level for, for quite a while, Like he's, I think he's only sort of early 20s but he's been doing it since sort of about 17 is a guy called Samuel Bradley who uh, I love his work excellent tell us where we can find you on the internet and Instagram and all that uh, my website is DerekBremner.com and my Twitter and Instagram are both uh, at Dell underscore photos okay and what's next for you where are you off to next uh, I've got a job coming up that I can't really talk too much about, but it's uh, it's not actually sort of photography. It's doing some editing um, and assisting for for sort of for a company uh, that's coming up at the end of this week. And then I don't know. I don't really have a massive amount coming up, but my magazine work will start kicking back in off now that festival season is over, um, and just be back to sort of normal gigs and stuff. Are you a good festival goer? Do you like camping and mud and rain? And uh, I'm getting way too old for uh, the rain. The rain and, and mud is uh, it's, it's the worst um, environment to be working in, uh, and camping is definitely not uh, not a good experience when you're working and when you're lugging, you know, 
cases or bags of camera gear around. So I'm I'm definitely like I, I we all uh, whenever we do these festivals these days, most of us and most magazines these days, we all stay in hotels and stuff, which is a bit sort of it's a little bit pretentious, but. Um, it, yeah, no, I can't. I'm too old to be uh, camping and, and lugging gear around and getting zero sleep. <laughs> Brilliant. Dale, thank you very much for joining us and for being so open with your answers. It's been uh, really great chatting to you, to you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Thanks for having me. Well, if you're enjoying Phototypes, then please subscribe, rate, and review us and spread the word to other people you think might like it too. You can say hello on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Phototypes Pod. Phototypes is now available on Acast, and I highly recommend that you download the Acast app to your iPhone as you'll be able to see more content on there. For example, when our guests talk about specific images, they'll pop up onto your screen. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.